I feel like there's always a point when you can tell when the caffeine has finally kicked in. Thank you for joining the Escape With Me book club. Escape with me, Sam Reiner. And me, Caitlin. Into our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We'll be covering the book from beginning to end, so there will be spoilers. Today we're going to the shores of Truilia and the deep seas of Atlantica. Published September 4th, 2018, this is the first return of Liz Braswell since the year and a half long break of the series. Now tackling the tale of The Little Mermaid, has her two year break between publishing reinvigorated her or is it a lost cause? Spoilers, it is a lost cause. <laughs> a little bit. Background. So I mentioned this last book, but Ariel and Milan, my two favorites growing up until Tiana came along and then Tiana was my favorite. So I really like Ariel. So that's going to be a problem. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed Ariel as a kid, not particularly much. And then I got into this age where I was like, wow, screw her. Her dad's totally right. She's so whiny. And now I'm in an age where as a therapist, I watch it and I literally will cry every time I watch The Little Mermaid. I get so sad about the split that happens between her and her dad. So that scene where he starts destroying stuff, I literally will start crying, not because I'm sad she's losing everything, but because I'm sad of what this means for their relationship. <laughs> oh no, I think it's perfect. She's acting like a 16-year-old. Yeah. It's perfect. And then the dad doesn't know how to handle that, and so he does the thing, and it's way too far, and it's all very good. You don't notice that as a kid. No. But as an adult, they did that really well. Yeah, I mean, obviously he overreacted, right? But then there's the stuff underneath it. There's the fact that Ariel's mom's not there, you know, and he doesn't know how to parent a teenage daughter and all this really sad stuff, and he just wants to protect her, and he goes too far. Although technically he handled five other 16 year olds but Ariel is really obviously his favorite which is probably an issue yeah I thought that was interesting spoilers that they actually discussed that in this book I forget where it was there was a very distinct conversation where Ursula's like you're his favorite and she's like um no I'm not and she's like come on are you kidding me yeah the Ursula sass I think was the only redeeming thing about this book We'll get there. But yeah, I liked Ariel. I just liked her desire for adventure there. a little bit more than Belle. Because Belle's like, I want adventure in the Great Wide somewhere. Except that's not at all what my movie's about. Yeah, true, true. She gets stuck in something one town over. Yeah, she gets stuck in a castle and she's like, well, that was enough adventure for one lifetime. Yeah, I'm going to settle down in this castle. <laughs> I just needed to change her venue. But Ariel actually gets adventure. She goes out, she searches around sunken ships with sharks and makes deals with sea witches and goes to land and discovers all that. That's a lot. That's a good amount of adventure. That's probably the most adventure any princess had experienced up to that point. That's fair. Did Mulan come out after Ariel or before? Honestly, I don't think it would have mattered to me because I was so young. That's true. That's true. I was just saying, yeah, what you had said that it was to that point. Because these two, Mulan and Ariel, are the classic golden age of Disney in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it came out almost a decade before Mulan. Oh, wow. Dang. Okay. Hell holds up really well. Little Mermaid came out in 89, and I think it's what kicked off the Renaissance, but I could be wrong. And then Mulan came out in 98. Wow, it came out before DuckTales. 
So it did. You're right. It ushered in their golden age. Yay. <laughs> it's a good one. So yeah, I really appreciated Ariel for that portion of her personality. I didn't, as a kid, care as much about her relationship with her dad. I did, as a kid, was like, hmm, this is a little far. Yeah. With the whole destroying of her stuff. And then as an adult, I'm like, you just took away everything that's keeping her content under the ocean. Yep, exactly. She was only content to stay because she had all this stuff. And then you took all the stuff away and she's like, well, there's literally nothing here for me. Nothing left. Overall, though, it's a great film. The music freaking bops. Under the Sea, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Those are great songs. Classics. My husband does a really good Kiss the Girl. Love it. And then Tony, she has just the most beautiful voice. Yes. It's very well done. Jody Benson. I was close. Jody Benson. That is not a Tony. <laughs> Tony, Jody. It's close. But yeah, she does a really good job with it. So this book, once again, is a young adult with content warning. Welcome back, Liz. <laughs> we have murder, kidnapping, I count ableism. Yeah. We can talk about that in a minute. Gore, blood, suicidal ideations mentioned, death of animals, like a lot of animals, mm-hmm. and torture. So I put ableism in here, and I guess we can talk about this in this section. I don't like how Liz handled Ariel being mute. Okay. Why? Because we started out and I thought it was going to be really cool because it's like, oh, she has learned sign language, essentially. She calls it runes that she spells out with her hands. Mm. So it's a little different than sign language, but essentially it's a form of communicating with your hands. And she just really harped on how it's terrible and no one listens to her and she feels isolated. And there was a point where it's like, oh, I can totally see where someone could connect to that and be like, yeah. I feel really isolated. Not everyone knows sign language. Not everyone's willing to learn sign language. I feel like I have a disability. But then there was stuff like she is the queen and she does sign language and only Flounder and Sebastian learn it. Yeah, and her sisters. The sisters know it, but they don't use it. Mainly my problem with it, where I was like, okay, I guess you could totally emphasize with that and be like, wow, my extended family also doesn't want to learn this. And only like three people I know will learn sign language for me. Everyone else expects me to have a cochlear implant and listen, but I don't like having, you know. It was just little jabs every once in a while where I was like, I feel like you really could have empowered. Yeah. Okay, that's more my thing. I would have preferred Liz empower Ariel with sign language instead of making it such a crutch to be yes completely resolved by 28% in where she gets her voice back and then everyone's like oh my goodness this is so much better thank heavens you got your voice back and it was like mm. yeah I agree I knew from the beginning I could tell the way she was setting it up she's gonna get her voice but she's not gonna be able to get Triton kind of thing because I see it's because this is what comes down to our problems with Liz Braswell it's her lack of imagination she could not write a book with a character like this as soon as possible she gets her voice back. Yeah, right, because she needs that crutch in the story. The concept that you are a queen that speaks runes, make a decree, make people learn. Yeah. I don't know. It was just always from such a 
negative viewpoint. And as someone who has a couple of different disabilities, it is exhausting when people are like, oh, here are only the bad things. So personally, I view it as ableism. I really wish it was more empowering versus, hey, here's all the things that suck about having to use sign language. Yep. And also the whole everybody over celebrating when she gets her voice back. This could have been handled better. Yeah. Judge a book by its cover. So this is probably my favorite cover so far, mainly because I think it uses color a lot better than some of the other books do. Yeah, I agree. The first one, you got the purple and the gold. And then the next one, you have like green and blue. And then the third one, you have red and blue, I think, actually, in the beast eyes. And then a little green for the rose. Yeah. And then Milan was orange. Yeah. It was all orange with the flower was kind of pinkish. But this one had a lot of color. It had this greenish color and the purple and the shell was yellow. And I like it. I like the style. Then you're going to love Mirror Mirror. It's got like five different colors. (laughs) Slowly working our way up. True. But I think I like this color palette better only because the orange they picked, which I like orange a lot, but I'm not a huge fan of the orange that they picked. It's a little bit too yellow for me. I don't know about this color palette personally for Snow White, but I really like this one. Well, and then too, Ursula just cuts such an interesting figure. Yeah. I mean, all of them are very obvious, but I think there's even a scene in the movie, right, where she backs up into a shadow and all you can see are her eyes. Yes. So I really like that about the cover. So I will say, I'm going to give Liz a little bit of props here. I was expecting a lot of retelling, like all of her other books. Yeah, versus just picking up in media res. Well, I like how she did it. She retold the story in the opera to be like, hey, this is what happened before. Yeah. But it's really fast. And then it's in a way that's interesting and doesn't feel like retelling, even though that's totally what she's doing. Yeah, it was more subtle than here's a recap of everything that's gone on. And now here's the story. Yeah, it's more like last time on Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Yes, it's not. Hey, let me make you watch the episode over again. So good. Keep it up. Please stop recapping half the movie. Yep. Because obviously we know what happened. Wouldn't be here if we didn't. That's the whole reason we picked up these books. I would be shocked if someone who hadn't seen any of these movies picked up one of these books. Yep. Absolutely shocked. That's probably my only big compliment of her. I don't like how it starts, though. I don't like her prologue chapters, mainly because I get what they were trying to do. I don't know if it was quite accomplished. I still don't hate it, but it was just like, oh, these knights are coming by and they're like, hey, random villagers you're ours now and them being like what this is weird and they're like nope you're totally ours now yeah and then some random dude being like okay and then they're like why did you say okay that's weird once the night's left and there's burning in the distance i really like the ambiance of it but i think it promises too much for this ursula yeah it does set that dark tone like you said and i think that's what liz wants us to have but it is kind of a little bit of a letdown yeah which by the way speaking of dark disney must have talked her butt off. This is not dark nearly as much as I thought it was. Mainly because 
she gives a viewpoint to Ursula, which was a choice. What do you mean? Because we've had villains' perspectives before. We've had Jafar's perspective, I think, once or twice in the first book. But it was really short, and it was just focusing on actions he was doing. You didn't really get too much of on the inside what he was thinking. Yeah. But this time around, Ursula gets her own perspective consistently. But Liz only knows how to write underdogs. And so all three of them, Ariel, Eric, and Ursula, are underdogs. And it just makes them all look incompetent. I will give you that. She does write incompetent people. And you have three of those running the story here. But somehow putting them all together makes them competent. Okay. Yeah. It's the age-old kind of thing. If you trash on your rival and they beat you, you look even worse. Yep. And so that's kind of how everything is. Ariel keeps getting blocked by Ursula and you're like, wow, Ursula is a villain. And then you get Ursula's perspective and she's a bumbling idiot that doesn't know what she's doing and is stupid and has weird plans. And I don't understand what the point of this was. It just made her look worse. Yeah, I think they tried to salvage it because basically what she was doing on land was working. I mean, she was conquering. She had all these plans set up. But it wasn't. That was the whole point. It's not working because they're like, oh, we don't have trade. We're not going to have enough ships. We're not going to XYZ. Morale's trash. That was because the way I read that, especially later in the book, was someone was explaining to her, you're now so focused on what she was going to do to the Mer people, right? Like building the ships to go out and do the bombing stuff that everything else has suffered. But Eric mentioned that that wasn't her plan from the beginning. It happened because Ariel came in and Ariel basically upended her life. She was like, nope, I got to put this person down once and for all. So her attention became split. But even before that, one of her first chapters is petitioners. And so it's after Ariel got her voice back. So she does know that she's around. You get petitioners and they're like, hey, here's all the bad things that are causing this. And then there's an admiral guy that I think comes to dinner. And he's like, oh, hey, by the way, we can't build what we need to because we can't get the metals we need. And she's like, well, why do you need special metals? And he's like, because we do. And starts explaining metals a little bit, which I think there are leaps to some of her stuff where she makes Ursula incompetent for no reason. And it really bothers me because Ursula is not incompetent. No, she is a pretty good villain. I feel like she would know that there's different metals. Well, I didn't think it was that she didn't know there were different metals. It was she was saying, wait, why is this a problem? And he starts explaining that not everybody eats off of gold. Yeah. And regular people eat off of iron, copper, all that kind of stuff. And so they don't have enough supply for everything. Yeah. But why wouldn't Ursula know that? I don't know. She lived in the capital city. She knows that not everyone. I don't know. Anyway, I don't like how they make Ursula incompetent. And I don't want to just go on her scenes. Yeah. We'll go as they come. But all of her scenes... I probably hate it because it's just yikes. But yeah, so it starts off with the opera, which I'm really curious where Eric got this talent from. It's a big leap from I can play the recorder to I can write entire operas for voice and orchestra. I mean, I don't know. I think the other thing that they allude to in it is that once his mind was taken over, she was making him focus on other things, right? So all he did for five years, basically, was do music because that's all her spell was allowing him to do. Because he couldn't go sailing. So his only other hobby was music. Yep. She's just like, oh, okay. Well, he can do that now. Yeah. And so the opera 
allowed the seagulls, seagulls, scuttle and his great grand gull, Jonah, which she loves to say that over and over again. Yeah. She was really proud of that. Yeah. It was funny the first three times. But anyway, scuttle's okay. He's written okay. Yeah, I mean, he's not in there much. They obviously were using Jonah, which, man, you'll see throughout my notes, I straight up, there was a moment in a turning point when I was like, this seagull is a villain and he's in disguise. He's going to come out and he's going to wreck the whole thing. I was totally wrong, but I was just like, this seagull is sus. So that's the opening. And then you get Ariel and then you get the whole no one listens to her sign language stuff. And beside the fact that she's a queen and could totally make a decree that they all need to learn this. But anyway, we have the other plot point of she is queen now because all of the sisters were like, well, you lost dad. So this is your punishment. Now you have to be queen. Yeah. I don't like how she did the sisters. She did the sisters dirty. Because she's like, oh, all they ever want to do is go out and party and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, excuse me, who was actually showing up to rehearsals? Not Ariel. The sisters are showing up and doing the work. Yep. And all of them have the same personality because heaven forbid they have different personalities because they all have different personalities in canon. One of them's actually very shy. Yeah, I think they get into it a little bit more later. They start talking about a single sister, the oldest, Adina. Yeah. She just focuses on the oldest. Yeah. But yeah, no, I have a lot of issues with this. <laughs> you think she's incompetent, so you want her to be the ruler. That's great. Yeah. But also, do not tell me that the oldest was not groomed from birth to be the heir. I think it's feasible that she wasn't because they did touch on a couple times how Trident is an immortal being. And so there wasn't really that expectation that he'd ever be gone. Still. So I definitely think it's possible, but... Yeah, I like like I said, it's really weird and super contrived just so Ariel can be queen. Yeah. They need her to have the power. It's really dumb. They need her to have the power. Yeah, because that's what the author wanted her to It was just dumb. It was a really dumb excuse and I don't accept it. Especially at the end when the older is making judgment calls and stuff and Ariel's like, oh, you're really good at this. And now she's like, oh, I'll be the right hand. Okay, come on. Where was this like five minutes ago? For real. Because I would have accepted if she was like, oh, I am to be the next heir but she's like cool this is my chance to not yeah like I don't want it I would have accepted that but it was specifically so they can just go to parties yep swoon over boys why you gotta do the sisters dirty like that yeah well I mean part of it is I think in the original movie there wasn't a lot to work with either because they really didn't focus much on the girls like the one scene with the girls was the scene where she comes in and they're all brushing their hair yeah then you've got the extended universe with Ariel because you got like three movies and then you got the TV show and then you have the books. Yeah, there's a lot that you could have done there. But anyway, canon typically includes the first movie. That's all anyone ever remembers, at least. I still think she did the sisters dirty. So somehow the gulls get the attention of fish who come down and tell Ariel and they're like, hey, a seagull wants to talk to you. So she goes up to the surface, even though she's not supposed to? Question mark? Yes, yeah, she put out a decree that no one could go to the surface. Yeah. 
I see how serious <laughs> she's taking her own decrees. But anyway, so she gets to the surface. Jonah's like, hey, we saw this opera and Triton might also possibly be alive because we were spying on her and she was talking like she was talking to him. So Ariel's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. We need to go get him. And she decides that she has to go alone, but she's going to tell Sebastian anyway, which good, but not really because she just told Sebastian so he could tell everybody. It was like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, she even recognized that, right? When Flounder was like, you have to tell Sebastian. She's like, if I tell Sebastian, everyone will know. And he's like, it's the responsible thing to do. And then Sebastian's like, well, at least tell your scissors. Yeah. Also, Jonah gets called banal because Jonah was like, I hoped you would return. And then Ariel gets upset. I don't understand. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. Something lost in translation. I don't think she was lacking in originality as to be obvious and boring, which is what banal means. I will give Liz this. She has either really good vocabulary or really good thesaurus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She is just really rude in the beginning. And maybe it's like, oh, she's unhappy because of stuff. But she's rude to Sebastian. She's rude to her sisters. She's rude to Jonah. And it's just never comes up again. She gets her voice back and she's fine. Okay. Yeah, like you said, it speaks to that issue of okay, why can't someone have this and be happy? You're assuming that someone's life is completely and totally miserable. Yeah. There's no layers to it. It's not complicated. Yeah. It's not complex at all. It's literally just this has ruined my life. But it's been five years. There's goodness to stuff. Anyway. Yeah. There is no intricacies at all. And it's just kind of yikes. Anyway, so she goes to the surface and she's going over to the castle and she sees Eric. And so she hides behind the boat. And I'm just like, Ursula is bad at this. Don't go sailing, gets in boat. I know he's only in the bay, but still keep him away from water. I think that they had implied there were times when he couldn't, could not go out into the water. And I guess she just happened to get him at a time where he could. Why does he have no soldiers tracking him? There should be somebody following him and reporting to her his location. She's not very good at this. Yeah. And they explain why, because she has gotten lax it's been five years she's turned herself to other issues she's diverted attention away yeah but he never had a tail you don't know that because the main thing that they point out is like oh there's so many soldiers everywhere and then now there's less soldiers and they're not standing in the water like they used to which good for them but they never mentioned eric had a tail at any point and i feel like that would have solved a lot of her problems but that's anyway so ariel turns human and then turns her trident into a comb, which is apparently something you can do. And they reference the original tale where it's like, oh, walking feels like knives. But then they also reference the footprints in the sand Jesus poem. Yeah. That was random. I guess I didn't catch that part. I'd have to go back and look specifically what it was, the line, but it was very strongly hinting towards the whole footprints as though someone's with me. Anyway, it was a very specific footprints in the sand moment. I was like, that's weird. Okay. I've also never read the original, so I'm not sure what that was referencing. Oh, okay. Brief summary on that. Two things of footprints, because you're walking with Jesus, and then there's an area where there's only one footprint, and the person's like, why did you abandon me? And he's like, I didn't abandon you. That's where I was carrying you. No, I'm talking about the original tale, right? The original Little Mermaid, where you said the knife. Oh! I know the footprints in the sand poem. I mean, I didn't read the original origin of the story. Yeah, so when she becomes human, every single step is like walking on knives. She is an absolute misery the entire time she's human. Yikes. Yeah, it's grim. It's not a grim fairy tale, but it is grim. Is Little Mermaid the Hans Christian Andersen? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. So she sneaks into the castle because there's less guards, which is nice. 
there is a little discrepancy where she's mad at her sisters for not ruling because she thinks it's lazy. But when Eric's like, I don't want to rule, she finds it very attractive. Yeah, he's being himself and just being natural and blah, blah, blah. Honey. Yeah. You're not 16 anymore. Can we not? Oh, goodness. But she makes it about to the second floors before the guards are like, uh, who are you? But she runs into Carlotta, who I completely forgot about. But when I rewatched the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, Carlotta Grimsby. Yeah, her. I know who these people are. I don't think I knew her name was Carlotta, but I knew who they were mentioning. And then, of course, you know, Grimsby. So, yeah, they mention it once in the movie, I think. But they do are like, Carlotta. And you're like, oh, well, OK. Nice. So Carlotta helped. This is where Ariel kind of finds out that they have this weird enchantment around their memories. And they can't really remember the wedding as it was. But Carlotta seems to break out a little bit and be like, I remember you. And something weird happened at the wedding, which is basically what she had. Yeah. And so Carlotta's like, okay, I'll help you. And then she kind of guilts Ariel and is like, hey, since you're here, you should totally help free the kingdom from this tyrant that you brought here. Yeah. She definitely calls her out on, yeah, this is kind of all your fault. That's fair. So Ariel agrees to actually help get rid of her too. So she gets her dressed up as a servant and they're taking food to the royal apartment, which Eric has a room and Princess Vanessa, which is who Ursula is disguised as, have their own rooms. And Ariel's really happy about that. Yeah. Which I want to point out for the time period, that's pretty accurate, mainly because servants, you don't need both of those people in there. But that doesn't mean that they're not sleeping together. Yeah. She was very naive in that moment. Yeah, she was like, oh, good. They're not together together. And it's like, ah. Which I'm glad they clarified nothing ever happened because that'd be R word E. Yeah. Not even E. Just straight up. Yeah, just straight up. The fact that he's under a spell. That is not a consenting adult. Don't they justify it away? She's like, oh, yeah, he's not my type. Yeah. She's like, I'm not attracted to him. Yeah, which, fair. She's like, I like guys with meat on their bones. Fair, girl. Fair. Yeah, that was funny. Also, he's super naive and kind of dumb. Because here's the thing. Long story short, beside the fact that Ariel finds a bunch of octopus-themed stuff, which Ursula was having so much fun with, Ariel sneaks into the bathroom where Ursula is having a bath. And only in the bath could she have her tentacles, apparently. And that's when Ariel's like, oh, I could totally murder her. And she does. And her reasoning is in fairy tales, they tell you not to take your revenge. Otherwise, bad things would happen. And a part of me was like, oh, I wonder if she's going to make a theme out of that. Oh, be careful what you do and whatever. No, it was just a cheap excuse for her to not murder her. Right then and there. Alas. But here's the thing. And the thing that really broke the book for me even more so. I was trying, okay? I know it doesn't sound like it, but I was trying. Ursula took all off her magic necklace and put it somewhere kind of far from the bath so Ariel could steal it. Yeah, very just convenient. And this is where I lost everything. (laughs) Anyway, Ariel takes it back. She's in this little cove area and she smashes it and she gets her voice back. And there are so many plot holes from this one thing. (laughs) Why did Ursula take it off? She wore it underwater. Yeah. Why did she have it so far away where she couldn't see it at all times? This is literally your magic thing. How did Ariel get out of there without anybody being like, but that's beside the point. Because it's so much hassle getting in there and everyone was like, oh, cool. It's just a 
servant running off because she's crying or something. I don't know. It was weird. She was like, oh, yeah, the guards totally didn't bother her on the way out. Yeah. Even though she was running like a mad person, like somebody who stole something. When they're all on guard for spies, that was the whole point of something that was made earlier in the book was that everybody's thinking everyone's a spy now. Oh, my gosh. So they totally just let her go. And then I had to rewatch the movie because I was like, isn't the shell what turned her into Vanessa? Shouldn't she not be Vanessa anymore? And no, I can say in canon, the necklace gave her Ariel's voice, but she did mix a potion to make her Vanessa. Yeah. So it is different. And apparently if you cast magic in the water, it'll... Okay, here's the thing. (laughs) The magic system. Yeah. If you cast a spell underwater using water magic, I guess. I don't even know. She doesn't name it. And then go on land. It totally counts. But you can't do water magic on land. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. What? Then why does the trident work on land? And yes, the whole, oh, the tide, whatever. Which the tide was a stupid excuse. That was such a fluff answer of, oh, let's totally just pad out the pages here. Anyway, she has to go back underwater twice because of the stupid tide thing. Yeah, because I'm losing my power. That's the thing, because she's really mad. She's like, oh, dad could have totally turned me into a human whatever. And then she's like, well, got to go back underwater because the trident's losing its power. Yep. Makes it seem like you couldn't, my girl. Yeah, a lot of double standards. You didn't keep your system straight. No. And so I will give it, okay, fine. She mixes a potion. She doesn't turn back into Vanessa because I was like, did we not just solve all your problems? Yeah. Nope. It just takes away the voice. But it does release the memory thing. So somehow she used her shell, which you do see in the movie when Eric's eyes kind of go gold or whatever. Yeah. And forget Ariel and whatever. So it is shell related. But the way she writes it, it's both an immediate and a gradual thing because it goes to Eric and he's like oh I remember things and then later on he's still trying to parse stuff out yeah and I have questions about that yeah it's so that's number four for me (laughs) with this show number five is that Eric is an idiot yes he gets his memory back he remembers he's married to a sea witch he doesn't quite understand the extent of it but he knows she's doing something with war and they have enemies now and blah 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 and he's like well Anyway, back to rehearsing my orchestra because they're the ones who need me right now. Yeah, I have to keep up this pretense so she doesn't know anything's wrong. Which I was fine with afterwards, but I did not appreciate he was in the middle of conducting the rehearsal, gets his memory back, and he's like, oh my gosh, all these terrible things. Well, anyway, back to rehearsal because the orchestra is who really needs me right now. And I'm just like, you suck at this. You're a really bad ruler. Please don't. What do you mean? I think rehearsal could wait. No, the most important. Hence why he's not an actual ruler yet. (sighs) He should never be. Spoilers, not spoilers. Jumping to the end. I prefer Eric joining her than her joining Eric. Yeah, that's a better idea. That's a fun idea, especially in this book, because you should not rule. And he's like, my older sister would totally do this. Even though Eric points out that they have a really nasty patriarchy, but you're going to tell me a queen's going to rule? Yeah. I don't think so. Anyway, keep your consistency. We'll get to that scene later. (laughs) But yeah, that's my five qualms with this one scene with the shell smashing. Yeah. Like you said, the continuity of it is just not good. It's not good. Why did she take it off? That's my big thing is why did she take it off at all? She had no reason to. Nope. She was wearing it underwater. You can put shells in water. Plot convenience. That's all it is. A lot of these books are based around plot convenience. It's dumb. So now that she has her own voice back, 
fact, that's going to be for the rest of the book. Yeah. Is she has issues with pretending she has a cold because her voice is really deep now. Yeah, I thought that was funny. It's funny, but I don't think anyone's buying it, honey. No. <laughs> you went from this chirpy musical voice to this really deep kind of husky voice, which I do appreciate that the author keeps intact how much she loves herself. Oh, yeah. Confidence goals. Ah, uh, yes, I'm back. Hi, beautiful. Finally, I much prefer my own voice. Yeah. I much prefer my tentacles. And it's like, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. But I think it also doesn't help. First of all, I watched the movie again. Nice. But I also been playing Dreamlight Valley. Mm. And Ursula's in there. Yep. And so you interact with Ursula a lot. This book doesn't feel true to form. Yeah, no. They did take a couple liberties with her. Yeah. To just diminish her because viewpoint. I wish she had not had a viewpoint. I don't know what the author's need for dramatic irony is instead of mystery, but could we not? Anyway, so Eric decides, yeah, I'm going to just play normal. And the thing that gets me is like, oh, I can't do anything to stop this, of course, because then I would be a competent ruler and we wouldn't be having this book. He's just terrible. It'd be one thing to be like, yeah, I need to play it cool and be smart about it, but he's just straight up like, I'm not gonna stop her. Yeah, I think his justification was, I can't act until I have a plan, so I have to sit here and formulate a plan before I do literally anything else. Okay. Yeah, he was like, I need to figure out what's going on. And then does nothing to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Oh, he's really bad at this. I also wish he didn't have a viewpoint because mainly his parts were dumb. A little bit. I also wish Ariel didn't have a viewpoint. So there we go. That's how I feel about that book. Yep, we shouldn't need this book at all. Okay, here's the other thing with the magic system that's an issue. She decides that Ariel's voice and Eric's memory and kind of willpower are shell related. But everyone else isn't? Yeah. How? Was there a separate forgetting spell that she cast after it all happened or what? Yeah, and how did she do it? You can't do sea magic. Oh, here's the other thing. Oh, <laughs> you can do sea magic as long as you're standing in the ocean. Yeah. Girl, go put some feet under some waves and cast some spells. Why are you trying to learn land magic? Yeah. You're in a coastal city with your private beach. You literally have your own private beach. Go use it. Ah, she's so dumb. Who approved of this. <laughs> Who was like, yes, this is the book. This is the one we're going to make into a graphic novel. What? <laughs> That's the thing. I had high hopes for this because it is the first graphic novel. Okay, well, it must be popular. Yeah, we'll see how it works. Yeah, popularity does not equal good. Nope. And a part of me wants to read it just to be like, how much do you change? Probably not. So at this point, instead of being in the castle, she goes to town? And I can't remember why she did that. I think she was trying to get the lowdown and be like, hey, what's going on? Anyway, the book adds a couple of extra scenes. Yeah. Because she's remembering the time when she went with Eric. And there's a couple of things that happen in the movie. She definitely messes up a puppet show. Yeah. And you do know they go to a bakery because when they're driving back, they have two things of bread. Okay. But they add that he bought her a bunch of pies. It doesn't mention the dancing, which I was surprised about because that was a really cute moment. Yeah. Anyway, so she's there and soldiers are bragging about guns and the terrible war crimes they're committing. She gets a lecture about war from the pie maker and why it's bad, in case you were confused on why war is bad. Yeah. Ty. Also, the town has the myth of Athens that they think is about them, and Ariel clarifies, no, there is an Athens in this world. Yeah. But it's backward. She does a lot of correcting. Yeah. It's weird. They're like, oh, there's a fountain in the middle of town, and there was a 
contest between Athena and Poseidon, and Athena gave the olive tree, and Poseidon gave the fountain with ocean water, and everyone was like, oh, we picked Poseidon! But it doesn't change the name of the town? Yeah, doesn't make sense. That was the whole point of the tale, is they were competing over the town. That's why Athens is called Athens, is because they picked the olive tree for Athena. Yep. So it became Athens. I Weird. That was a weird inclusion. Yeah, she does school people a lot, though, in this, and I think it's really funny. Oh my gosh, you don't meet Ariel until a chapter of oceanography lessons. Yep. And she just sprinkles it in as she goes, and is like, I get it. I really do. Oceanography, history, science of animal creatures, all that kind of stuff. It's hilarious. You've done a lot of research, and I can tell. Yeah. But please make it plot-centric. Yeah, it's not. Not just info dump. But anyway, I guess that's the setup for later on, to be like, oh, the fountain actually has seawater, so it's fine. It's not just freshwater, and it's like, okay, that's kind of useless. So, anyway. She befriends a lady that is an apple seller, and she has a bunch of tattoos. And a tattoo artist. I loved it. She's a tattoo artist, which is really cool. Given the plot and how much she's used, it's kind of random. Yeah, very random. And then she's like, make me a promise that I can see you transform into a mermaid. Yeah. It's wild. She's like, here's a whole bag of gems and jewels for seven apples. Oh yeah, that was the thing. She went to shipwreck stuff and was like, hey, here's all the valuable stuff. Hopefully one of these will work as currency because, you know, mermaid. I'm obviously not from around here. I do love that Carlotta is like, what the heck are you wearing? And Ariel's like, isn't this fine? And she's like, girl, you smell disgusting. Yeah, you literally look like you came from water. That is a waterlogged, ocean-encrusted, gross thing you have on. Like, no, my shoes have barnacle addition. She's like, no, straight up, your shoes are just barnacles. That's not right. No. Oh, interesting. I'm reading my notes. And so, like I said, Vanessa's learning land magic, but apparently Flotsam and Jetsam have some magic. Why didn't they use that in the final confrontation? I just have a feeling it's not actually very powerful. I guess. I don't remember what their magic was. It apparently happened for a little bit. I think it was a little bit more like prestidigitation kind of stuff. But yeah, so with the voice thing, she's like, okay, I need a new voice. So I need another dumb girl to give me her voice. She decides this random fisherman that's petitioning her and being like, hey, we need another deck, which would have worked in her favor if she had another deck. But she's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then he mentions his daughter, who's kind of young and beautiful and has a pretty voice. And so she's like, okay, that's the one I pick. And I'm like, Ursula? You good? That's a little close to home. Yeah, you can totally do it for Ariel, who's going to on land. And nothing's going to come back to you, really. But this random girl, you don't think anyone's going to notice? She suddenly went mute? Her dad's going to notice. Yeah. Well, also... Don't piss where you drink. (laughs) She hasn't even heard the girl's voice yet. You hear that she's got a beautiful voice and you're going to assume that it's close enough to your other voice to just be able to use it and pass it off? True. What? You need to hear this girl's voice first. Although she probably would claim that the cold did something weird with her vocal cords or something. And that's fair. But you're so right. Yeah. Because here's the other point. Do you trust the dad to be unbiased? Yeah, right. And two people can have high-pitched feminine voices and sound completely different. Your voice and my voice are very distinct. And you can't say that the difference between the two comes from a cold. Come on. Yeah. So that was my problem. I was like, girl, you need to hear this voice first. Well, yeah. So my problem was this is a stupid plan. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a stupid plan, but whatever. Yeah, we'll get to it. Oh, we'll get to the payout in a little bit. They're going to string us along forever about the voice thing, though. Yeah. 
So also she's trying to make an alliance with this other nation so they'll go to war with them. Yeah. And there's this dude that's also really obviously a spy that they just kind of let walk around. And I'm like, you could have made that a delegate. Why did he have to be a spy? Anyway. Yeah. He died though, right? Like in this scene, she poisons him. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious. That's kind of what she's doing. Because he's like, um, we're not doing this. This is not beneficial to us. You are a tiny little town with barely any military. You have supply chain issues. Yeah. It's not great. And so she poisons him with tea. Yeah. And he waits on her to drink that classic, like, oh, you have to drink tea first and then once she's fine then he'll do it nah sorry sir you're still dead yeah and this is canonically taking place around the time of the french revolution oh, okay because they mentioned it it's like oh in other places people are coming up to go against the rulers and killing them and blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like okay since this takes place in spain by the way oh that was a very clear jab at the French Revolution. Oh, nice. Well, I have the note here because I remembered like when trying to find where to put my note in that you didn't have the exact scene. But this right around the time is where I was like, that seagull is not a seagull. That Jonah is totally sus and he's going to end up being a villain. This is where I started to get the hints of it. It just kept getting stronger. And then I was so wrong. That's hilarious. I can't remember what the scene was, though. But here's kind of the thing. Everyone finds him dead and everyone just ex- accepts it yeah there's no investigation done whatsoever they're just like oh this perfectly healthy man that died mysteriously nah i feel like they knew it was her because no one was surprised maybe the way they were doing it was like oh my gosh why did this random guy possibly die and later on someone's like it was ursula you know that right and they're like yeah duh what (laughs) yeah it's murder and intrigue Yeah, this perfectly healthy man is just found on a balcony and you're like, well, sucks to suck. Just going to have another one. That's the other thing. The king isn't like, what the heck happened to my person? He just sends another one. Yep. Okay, so... What about Jonah made you think she was sketch? That's what I'm saying. I can't remember what the scene was that was happening at the time, but there was something that happened with Jonah right here where I was just like, mmm, sketch. Nope. And it just gives me real sketchy vibes. I couldn't remember what it was here. She does keep popping up without scuttle. Yeah, random spots. And then she's super intelligent. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, this bird, this bird is going to be some like flotsam and jetsam or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know about this. That was where my first musing of it came in at this point in the book. Yeah. So Ariel has to go back to the ocean because tides and then it comes back like I think a week later. Yeah, it wasn't very long. But it was also kind of convenient. It was like, oh, good thing Ursula isn't doing stuff while you're gone for a week. She does increase the amount of guards, so she has to kind of sneak past that. Yeah. But she finds Carlotta. Carlotta's like, okay, we need to find Grimsby. And so they find Grimsby and Grimsby like, okay, we need you to talk to Eric. And so he gets Eric to meet her by the shipwreck once again. Just give him a tail. At this point, I will say she should have had a tail on him. Oh, yeah. Just lets him walk around. Yeah, I think at this point she had already suspected that he had woken up from it. Well, yeah, because the shell was broken and she lost her voice. Oh, well, no, that's true. She knew. So at this point, it would have made sense for him to have a tail, you know, like having Flossum or Justin following him, but no. No, she just was like, I don't know where he disappears. He just takes daily constitutionals. (laughs) Not at all. And later on, she calls him out and she's like, I know you're working with Ariel. What are you doing to stop this? 
just nothing. Nothing. Anyway, Eric complains about wanting to run away from his problems because he's grade A royalty. Yep. And then, as you like to point out, <laughs> he's like, oh, you would never understand how I feel. A little bit, I would want to say, no, she doesn't because she stepped up, Sir Prince, that does whatever he wants and just frolics around all day like a rich person. She's a queen. She has a job. That's what he's feeling bad about, right? Because he's feeling this guilt and this burden of having been asleep for so long and not keep taking care of his family. And so now he feels this like overwhelming need to take care of his people. And he's like, you wouldn't understand. And then she's literally like, I am a queen. For real, man. It was such a clapback. It was so funny. I did like that. Yeah. They have some weird moments in the conversation. Like she starts the conversation by saying, Eric? Question mark. And then later in the conversation, she says his name. She's like, that's the first time I've said his name. And I'm like, honey? Yeah, you good? Is your short-term memory okay? I'm concerned. (laughs) And then this is the part where I'm like, he instantly remembers, but he doesn't. Ariel has to tell him that Ursula's part octopus. Yeah. Which granted, I don't think he's ever seen her. So maybe that's not a bad on his part. Yeah. He sees she's an octopus after things fail with the wedding and she turns into Ursula. So fair. Yeah, that never happened. And so he's kind of in shock. He's like, oh my gosh, she's half octopus? And Ariel corrects him by saying, no, she's half god. Ariel, if she is half god, what is the other half? (laughs) Is it perhaps the other half is octopus? Yeah. It's so dumb. She's half octopus? No, she's half god. Ariel, what is the other half? (laughs) He was correct. Why are you mad? So funny. Stop being petulant. Why are you like this? And then she goes into this whole oceanography lesson again. Yep. Because of course she does. And once again, Ariel needs to get back to the sea. Yep. And bye. Peace. So Eric's like, okay, I'm going to try to finally be useful and search for your dad in the castle while you're gone. Yep. So Eric goes back to the castle and he walks by people and for the first time he's like, wow, I don't know who the heck all these people are. Yeah, he's like, who the heck is here? Yeah, yeah. And so he sees a footman that he doesn't know. And he's like, man, I used to always remember the name of every servant. And so to fix his qualm of not knowing who this random footman is, he decides to A, talk to him and ask his name, or B, completely ignore him and keep going. Yep. I don't understand why she made him such a head in the sand person. Yep. Can't take responsibility, just gonna plug my ears and la 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 till it goes away. Yep, because she tries to give that information to humanize him and be like, oh, look at him. He was such a good guy, but then he does literally nothing to bring himself back to who he was. Nope, he's head in sand. This is the point where Eric learns about that one dude dying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, obviously he's on a balcony. Clearly Ursula is trying to frame Ariel because otherwise it would have been really easy for her to get rid of the body. No. Yeah, I don't know why you think that was her trying to frame Ariel. I don't know how that would have happened. Well, because she was like, oh, clearly the spy got in and killed that person. And so everyone could be like, oh, she murdered him. And then maybe some drama with Eric being like, I don't believe it. There's no way. But could she have? Oh, yeah, no. That's totally not where they went. No. And I'm like, Ursula, why didn't you just get rid of the body? Why did you leave it on a balcony so everyone can find it? I'm confused. Yeah. That's a great way to get yourself caught. You're not good at your job. What is this? Turn him into, I don't know, something. Go stand in the ocean and make him something. Yeah, make him one of your little people. Make him like a dead polyp. She could have done that. She could have made him a polyp. Let's go walk on the beach together (laughs) for a little bit and I will make you a polyp. (laughs) 
she's not charming enough anymore because your voice is all that matters oh what happened to body language ursula really yeah that was your whole thing body language uh nope that would require her to actually act like ursula yeah heaven forbid so anyway eric is looking through all vanessa's crap and she's a hoarder which accurate yeah i do like that kept the ursula is an absolute hoarder and just keeps everything and she's got all this stuff yeah so there was a moment where he's looking through stuff and he's like googas and gimmicks aplenty devices and doodads galore it's like okay i see you yeah we're making Making a stretch. We're trying. It's a little different because it's Eric's before I see. Okay. <laughs> That's the only song reference. No. We don't see the French chef except for once. Yeah, and they reference Poor Unfortunate Souls. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. I caught that. I think it was when Ursula's talking to this other girl that she's going to try and steal her voice from. Oh, that makes sense. Part of the reason I love that scene was, and we'll get there, but it was an exact duplication of the movie, but then if the person had literally any sense at all. Yeah. So there's a bunch of bottles on her vanity, and he realizes that, okay, here's another magic thing. Polyps, right? There's these enchanted bottles to make it look like there's other stuff in it except for polyps yeah and so he breaks the spell by looking at it dead on and then looking away and seeing it in the corner of his eyes yeah and then looking back and being like i saw it caught you yeah peripheral vision and then all of the things are like oh you saw me i give up magic gone (laughs) what (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i've seen magic work like that in other places like illusion charm basically once you've seen through the illusion that type of charm or that type of cast won't work on you anymore. So I don't know. I don't think that's out of the realm of the ordinary. I've seen that before. I think it's dumb though. Isn't that sea magic? Ah, what is this magic system? (laughs) Who knows? So anyway, he finds a bunch of them and for some reason they don't want him to just chuck them into the ocean. Yeah. Even though ocean water is what turns Triton back into his normal self? I have questions. Because he's like, oh, should I throw you guys into the ocean? And they shake their head. Yeah, no. Vehemently. He's like, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, oh, maybe that would kill them or something. No. Seawater turns them back to normal. I don't know. Convenience? Yeah, exactly. Plot convenience. Purely. So he's searching around, can't really find anything. And then for some reason, even though all the servants hate her, they're like, Oh no, mommy and daddy are fighting. We need to have them have a romantic dinner. Yeah, he literally describes like a petulant child who's scared their parents are drifting apart. They wanted us to have dinner together. What? Why? That was so dumb. Have this dinner be a demand from Ursula. That makes way more sense than the servants who up until this point have been terrified of her. Realize all the terrible things she's doing. Yep. No, now we really want you to have a romantic dinner together please get back together and the purpose of the scene is just for them to threaten each other you didn't have to have that happen over dinner yeah that can be at any time anyway also the only thing eric likes about vanessa is something where she's not like other girls and i just want to throw the book out the window (sighs) she doesn't pretend to feel faint like other ladies do yeah i'm gonna throw something at you eric you're dumb (laughs) he is dumb (sighs) not a fan 
So the author decided that along with everything else, Vanessa's issue is gluttony. And I gotta be honest, of all the seven deadly sins, gluttony, I mean sloth, but gluttony's not intimidating. So she's trying to intimidate him, but eating really disgustingly. And this isn't scary. This is just kind of gross. I'd say in your note, Eric, you know what a carnivore is, don't you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, because he's like, I'm confused. You're eating seafood, but you're from the sea. And I'm like, Eric, what are you doing? You do know what a carnivore is. Sharks eat fish too. You know mermaids are omnivores, right? Yeah. How dare you kill fish? Goes and eats dinner. You guys aren't surviving on kelp. Nope. But we're gonna ignore that fact. Anyway, there's, I will give him this. There's one point where he wants to act natural, but he doesn't really want to talk to her. And so he just sings part of the opera, the soprano mermaid part of the opera for seven minutes. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good though. That was hilarious. Yeah. It was a good pivot because she mentions Ariel. It must be the mermaid that's got you all worked up. And then he freezes. He's like, oh yeah, actually I finally got this girl to hit her soprano note and my mermaid's coming together perfectly. I was like, oh, okay, like, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was sly. The one good thing he did. <laughs> but yeah, so Eric's like, oh my gosh, you're eating seafood. What? And so instead of pointing out the obvious, like me being like, you know what a carnivore is, Vanessa gives an environmental speech. Yeah, a little bit. Which is out of place considering all the stuff that she does. I don't know why she cares that much, you know? Yeah, she gives this whole environmental speech about you're the ones polluting the oceans and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, I think she's turning it back on him. Yeah, but she's also the one that's about to overfish the population. (laughs) Yeah, her point is humans are the one who did this industrial sprawl, basically, and will literally do whatever they can to kill and eat anything they see. And then she's like, you ever heard of this specific shark? No, it's because it's in state. Yeah, it's just felt weird coming from Ursula. I could totally see Ariel doing that, but it was just weird coming from her. Yeah. This is incongruent. Again, you're trying to humanize her. What are you doing? Yeah, stop. You've done that way too much. Yeah. And so at this point in the dinner, she's like, I'm going to kill Grimsby if you keep this up. Finally. Okay, act like a villain. Yeah. Cool. You're threatening somebody. I'm here for it. This is my villain. Finally, you're a villain. Yeah. And you find out that she's kept Trident for this big spell that she could do. Yep. Which is really cool. So around this point is when he points out that she's wearing a new necklace now. And he's like, oh, it's stupid. And you can't even see it. And da 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 da. I'm like, okay, cool. That's where Triton is. See, I didn't even pick up on that. It was in parentheses. Oh, also, she's wearing this new necklace now that you can't even see. I guess in the audiobook part, that didn't click. It didn't stick out as much because it probably would have been like every other sentence. But I'm serious. For no reason whatsoever. He's talking about Vanessa. There's a paragraph in parentheses, like a sentence. Oh, and she's also wearing this new necklace. Keeps going. Yeah, that's sus. Tell me your editor said you had to have foreshadowing without telling me your editor said you had to have foreshadowing. (laughs) It is so out of place. It doesn't make sense where it is. Why is it in parentheses? Just describe what she's wearing. Nope, parentheses. Also, she's wearing this new necklace. Hmm, weird. Interesting. So yeah, to the surprise of no one who has a single brain cell, that's where Triton is. Thanks, book, for definitely spoiling that. So, like you said, she tries to steal this Fisher Girl's voice, and she uses the exact same speech she gave Ariel, which I do appreciate. You can tell she has her sales pitch. Also, once again, a reference to the original story where walking felt like knives. Mm-hmm. So she makes this pitch, and she's like, oh, blah, 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 and does all this stuff, and it's supposed to work. And then Julia's just like, 
this seems weird. I'm gonna go. And she just leaves. And Ursula's just down a voice. I just can't. That scene got me so much. Like I said, it's the exact same attempt at what happened in the movie, except it's somebody who has sense. And I love how they played it up on the Christian values. Like, oh, these stupid humans and their deities and their things and their confusion that things are evil and blah, blah, blah. And this woman's like, do you want my soul? And she's like, no, just your voice. And she's like, what am I getting out of this that you literally couldn't do for me for free already? You're saying you'll invite me to the thing. You're saying you'll do all this other stuff for me. Why then do I need? And then the fact that she just walks away and Ursula trips and falls in the mud. I was literally laughing listening to the entire scene. Which is not at all what I wanted to experience in a villain moment, you know? That was a choice. Yeah. That's the point where I'm like, Liz can only write underdogs. No, that's fair. She's making Ursula an underdog. Like, are we supposed to root for her? Be sad for her? I'm confused what you want me to feel right now other than, wow, she's incompetent. The fact that Ariel hasn't defeated her yet just shows how incompetent she is. And even more so with Eric. Everyone looks bad. So anyway, because of the threat to Grimsby, Eric starts lying to Grimsby and not involving him and acting like he's keeping it out of it, even though Grimsby was the one who set up the meeting and there was a scene of him talking to Carlotta like, oh, we are helping in the search. So it's a little late, Eric. I will say the scene with Grimsby and Carlotta, even as a kid, I always ship those two together. The whole thing of the, have you ever seen Downton Abbey? No, I haven't seen it, but I know a lot about it. Okay, so I have always, for some reason, shipped the whole butler head maid pairing. And that happens low key in Downton Abbey and everything. And there's always this tension. So when there was this point in the thing, right, where they're having to together but he can't shut the door because he's super traditional and blah 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 and she's just like we've literally been working together for 15 years like what are you talking about and oh I love that scene between the two of them so much yeah it is a cute scene where they're working together but here's the thing that gets me Eric is like oh you can't get involved and help search but I'm gonna keep searching I'm like the threat is about you searching you do know that right yeah you're still putting him in harm's way by searching yourself whether or not you're lying to him. Eric, you're not thinking things through. Go take a nap. Yeah. She didn't say that if he helps you, it's if you'd make any moves that you're done. Yeah. He's dumb. He's not good at this. But Grinzy's the one who figures out that Vanessa's attempting to ship something Triton. Yeah. To Iberia, which is the country that they're trying to befriend, and gives Eric a note about the shipping instructions. So when Ariel comes back, Eric tells her about this, and so Ariel's like, oh, obviously, I need to try to steal the package. And so they decide with the route it parks in the market at noon and she's gonna go and get it and at this point her sea powers are nuked because she came back and the tides weren't right I don't even know so this was the one time where I was like ooh Ursula get it cause she goes in and she's trying to steal it but actually Vanessa was the one in the carriage this whole time and I was like ooh yeah trap let's go (laughs) that's my villain like you said yeah except she gets out and just talks to her and then leaves. Yep. What? You're not gonna try to attack her or try to kidnap her or literally anything? She literally gets out of the cabin like, haha, I have foiled the plot again. Anyway, bye. You suck and you should stop doing things and your mama dresses you funny. Bye. Yep. What? Very strange. The thing is here, the only way Ariel could have known about the shipment is from Eric. Yeah. Because it was fake information she fed him. Yeah. So why is Grimsby not threatened at this point or kidnapped? Yeah. 
Why are you bad at this? And actually, it's the other one. Coletta is the one who ends up being chained up in a basement in the final thing. What the heck happened? Yeah. And this is where it's like, wow, Disney was like, you cannot go dark, Liz. Yeah, you got to keep it together, girl. Because these scenes are just so not scary. (laughs) And I'm like, this is your villain moment. You're talking about murdering the entire population of the city to create new magic. You just got to talk to Ariel? Yep. And leave in a carriage that's too small and uncomfortable. I, it's not the move. You'd think it is. And this is the other thing. In her speech, she points out that she likes how wasteful humans are with the ocean. And I'm just like, make up your mind. Yeah, come on. But yeah, this is the part where she's like, oh, I'm going to bomb Atlantica whether Ariel's there or not, which I want to point out. Beware the person who has nothing to lose. She still has the Triton. Yep. Girl, you're not thinking. This is not the girl who had plots upon plots upon plots. Anyway. Once again, Ariel goes back to Atlantica. Again. And Eric keeps searching. Yep. And we just keep doing the same thing over and over. And Carlotta calls Eric out and is like, you need to tell people what Vanessa is. She is a monster, a sea witch. She's dangerous and keeping her like this is bad. Yep. You know, like a responsible ruler to immediately be like, I was bewitched by this woman. Prison. Treason. Nope. Nothing. Not at all. This is also the part where Carlotta is like, or maybe he himself is like, oh, that one dude would die, but probably by Vanessa's hand. And he's like, but I don't know how she could have done it without magic. Poison. Poison. The thing that's been around since the dawn of time. Yeah, and that she obviously has a garden growing that did not start growing in the last two weeks. Yeah. Anyway, going through her stuff, he finds a bunch of witchcraft thingies and he is shocked that witchcraft is real. Yeah. What? Come on, my man. You've seen so many things. You're in love with a mermaid. You've seen her as a human, even though she's a mermaid. And you know there's a sea witch who stole her voice and now doesn't have her voice, but is also an octopus. Yep. And you know your memory's been tampered with, but this is where we're shocked? Yeah. This is where I draw the line. Witchcraft isn't real. This is where I draw the line. Witchcraft is real. What do you think this has been? Pretend? Yeah. I, ugh. Anyway, so while Ariel's back where she is, her oldest sister, Atenia, is like, hey, if you get dad back, you could totally go with Eric. And this is the part where I'm just like, even though Atenia's the only one that they actually focus on giving lines, Atenia also doesn't have a personality. She's literally just there to be like, hey, you're a ruler. Remember that. Yeah. But also maybe go date Eric. Yep. And bring me apples. Bring me apples. Yeah, they were so good. I'm a horse. That's the three things she talks about. Yep. And then at the end, she's like, oh, I could also maybe be your right hand man to rule because, you know, I'm the oldest. Yeah. Okay. Where was that five years ago? I honestly don't know. Atenia doesn't have a personality. And that's the thing. Last book where it's like Shang had his own thing. She, she had his own thing. All of them were different and well-rounded and had their own viewpoints and goals and dreams and hopes and fears. Atenia is just there for Ariel to talk to. Apparently. So anyway, Ursula screws up again with the Admiral and the Admiral for the Navy quits. Yeah, it's like, I'm done. Wow, you're really good at this, Ursula. I'm so glad you're the villain. And then, okay, we're here. We're here. With the magic system. (laughs) Eric finally tries to snap back and Ursula is threatening him because that's all she does. She doesn't follow through, just threatens. But Eric points out that she doesn't really own the princess title without him. Which is a very good point, because if she was married, I don't know how the Spanish one specifically, I'm following the British royalty. They're not king and queen, it's queen and king consort, or king and queen consort. And then if the actual 
actual ruler dies, it goes on to the heir, not to their spouse. Yeah. And so that's his point. He's like, hey, if you kill me, my older sister's going to take over. It's not going to go to you. Yep. And then he uses contract law to thwart her? He makes the point, he was like, oh, wait a second. What's something that all of these gods have in common is they love contracts and they love to hold the contracts. And he's basically like, I know this one thing and I'm going to go with this one thing that I know and hope that it works. And he's like, we're married and that you signed a contract because marriage certificate. Yeah. And so now you can't hurt me? Yep. It's the rule that any contract is now a magic contract because that is absolutely what happens in the movie. Triton tries to hit her with the Triton and she just pulls out the contract and it's just like, contract! And it just absorbs the Triton and she's like, ha ha ha! Yeah. I love that. I'm all for contract law magic. Yeah. But why is the marriage certificate mean she can't hurt him? Well, I think it's the implications of it, right? Because again, everything she wants to do rests on the fact that she has power as a princess. So if she hurts him, kills him, does anything to destroy the marriage, then all of that power goes away. Yeah, but he specifically says, because Ursula points out she signed as Vanessa and not herself. And Eric's like, well, haha, that doesn't work. You still are contracted to me through marriage and you can't harm me. And he specifically has the line, you have magic, we have law. Lawyers. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I, I, what? <laughs> he gave her a gotcha moment, right? Because he was implying that she did not read the terms and conditions of their marriage and of the full marriage contract, right? Because he points out these very specific things, like the whole patriarchy thing. Technically, if what's mine is yours, then it's vice versa. So that means I have possession of everything and I have control over everything. So you can't actually do what you're doing. And he's just trying to use this logic that the, the idea of the gods right uses against her which okay it's a super weak argument she doesn't have to go along with it i think if she didn't want to but he just kind of caught her off guard it's just weird it's a weird scene it's like this deus ex machina oh crap i need a reason that ursula doesn't just murder eric yep that would have been so easy to do that's beside the point so she's just like deus ex machina you have magic we have lawyers contract but i love that line also so our kingdom is really backwards and the patriarchy is actually super disgusting and I will wield it against you and it's just yeah yikes that was a weird scene and I can't get over you have magic we have lawyers are lawyers sorcerers now yes a hundred percent even Ariel has magic but lawyers it would be able to stand up to her terms and conditions man you signed a contract it was very deus ex machina yeah and then never really comes up again no not at all it was literally crap I need a reason for her not to murder Eric yep it was uh contracts we'll see if that sticks anyway he keeps looking around he finds a very badly drawn atlas and a strange paper with runes on it and so he's gonna show it to Ariel Ariel shows back up again finally can we just do it no nope we need page filler yep so she okay here's the thing she comes up to the surface and finds a huge animal pile of fish that have just been left on the beach and the seagulls are like oh my gosh this is awesome 
I thought Vanessa had poisoned fish and left them on the beach to help keep the gulls from helping Ariel. She had figured it out. The gulls have turned on me. Here's poisoned fish. I know for a fact they won't be able to resist and at least kill or make them very sick. Yeah, take out the population a little bit. No, that's not what happened. At all. That would have been smart and villainous. I never thought I'd see the day where I'm like, Liz, why aren't you going darker? Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. You're trying to be too PG. It's so weird. Anyway, I stand by. She did Maleficent so well. Why is Ursula like this? Did you not like Ursula? Is that the problem here? You didn't like Little Mermaid? Anyway, what actually is happening is apparently the humans are overfishing because they're on the search for a magical fish, which I thought would be Ariel, but nope, it's apparently Flounder. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, they're trying to kill Flounder to stop him from helping me. I get you. That would hurt Ariel. Yeah. Upon finding this out, Ariel... Instead of going back and being like, hey, Flounder. They're trying to kill you. Keep yourself away. They're trying to get you. She gets angry and conjures a storm yep. to try to destroy the entire city because she keeps being like, oh, I could totally just destroy the entire city, but you know, the humans. And so she's about to do that. And I'm like, I get an emotional outburst, but you're not going to warn anyone? Yeah. You're not going to get Eric out? Or your friends? Or like I said, at least go tell Flounder, hey, you basically have a wanted poster out on you, boy. Stay away. No, she forms this huge storm that can take out the entire city. But before she could really do any damage, beside destroyed the boats that have been being created she calms down yep but that's where i want to point out who's the underdog ursula yeah because ariel has the power to create giant tsunamis that destroy three warships yep and could have taken out the entire city yep but how in the world could she stand up to ursula oh no yeah and this is where i thought the seagull was really sus because i think in this scene meets ariel at the surface and he's just flipping out about the these fish and I thought he was gonna like lead her to it or exactly what he said like they're poisoned or whatever and he's getting all the others in a fury yeah and there was, he had like somehow killed all these fish and so I was like oh my gosh this innocent little seagull is gonna be the baby G <laughs> That would have been creative. No, I was wrong. So anyway, after her temper tantrum, because I get it, but what you just did that did not... I mean, it helped because it destroyed the warships, but I wish she had done it with the forethought of, I need to destroy the ship so they can't keep doing this. Well, they hadn't even done anything yet. Those warships hadn't even left to go anywhere. It was just collateral damage that ended up being important. Actually, you make a good point. If it hadn't been, hey, I'm trying to find Flounder, if they were just overfishing, would she have gotten mad? No, I don't think so. I think it was just the fact that it was Flounder. Wow. We got two grade A royalties. Yeah. So Eric and her finally meet up. Ariel realizes Ursula is actually targeting Atlantica by the map, which that scene would have been more impactful if we didn't have Ursula's point of view. Once again, dramatic irony of just trying to wait until the main characters catch up with what the villain's doing. Yeah. That's why the whole reveal of her being in the carriage worked is because her point of view was like, oh, I'm totally going to send this to this one place and so you're like okay this is totally gonna happen and then it's way more impactful when it's like oh no actually it's a trap yep if you had known that was gonna happen it wouldn't have been impactful you would just be looking at your wristwatch waiting for everyone else to catch up which is what happens here yep where you're like yeah i know she's going for atlantica 
Thanks for finally catching up. So, okay. I do. I always appreciate when this happens. She's like, oh, the scroll with the runes, that's really dark. She's like, oh, it's dark runes. It's bad. It's dark magic. That's why she needs Triton. Once again, dramatic irony. We've known that for a while. But I do like that she's like, oh, it's dark magic and it's written on dead human skin. Yeah, she's like, take this back. I don't like holding dried out human skin. And Eric's like, what? So they're trying to create a plot where they're like, okay, we need to unmask Vanessa, but we need to do it super publicly. And so they decided to put on the opera in the market and basically everyone be there and then they're gonna unmask her by pushing her into the fountain i have questions anyway the entire time though vanessa is like oh i'm gonna be doing something when the opera time comes around not subtle at all yeah it's so good you're doing the opera for no reason at all i'm so glad so many people are going to be there yeah what are you doing eric should really clearly going to use this against you anyway so ariel is actually the one that comes in with a plan is basically like, oh, make her give a speech and then push her into the fountain. Sebastian is snuck out of the sea and is actually not necessary in the scene. So I'm going to completely skip over him. Yeah, he's there. Cool. So Vanessa is giving a speech before the opera and reveals that she got two more ships and they're currently out on the way to destroy Atlantica at that very moment. She tells all the humans that mermaids are real and she's going to go kill them. Why? Maybe they would like the idea of mermaids. Haha, mermaids exist and I will destroy all of them. Anyway, enjoy this play about a lovely mermaid. Yep. What? Yeah. Anyway, so this is the part where you realize she did not warn him at all. Flotsam and Jetsam found Flounder. They have him in a chest. They show him off and Vanessa's like, oh, my attendants win. So they get the money and then people are mad and like, yeah, duh, people are mad. Yeah, of course. Rigged. I mean, I know she introduced, oh, we have Flounder to be like, Ariel, you should totally show yourself. But the way she did it was dumb. Yeah, it was so start and stop. Very mechanical. It was very... I'm gonna totally get these people mad at me as much as possible. (laughs) But yeah, instead of killing Flounder straight out, she just puts him in the fountain so he can go sit over there in salt water and be fine. Yeah. So at this point, Eric tries to push him, flops him and jets him, stops him. They have a skirmish. Joan and Scuttle help fight, but Eric can't get past them because he's incompetent. So Barit, who is this little servant girl that has been popping up every once in a while and helping, she's very shy and she's the personal servant of Vanessa. Yeah. But you've been getting little hints that she's totally for taking Vanessa down. At this point, she lets Max off the leash and he knocks Vanessa into the fountain in all the confusion. Yeah. So she kind of reveals herself, but then she also reveals that she had Triton on her necklace. Like you said, big surprise. (laughs) Okay. Woo. Not at all weird, this random parentheses sentence. (laughs) I can't get past that. Like, you couldn't have worked it more naturally into the story. You just kind of went back on your third draft and just inserted and they were like, okay, fine, whatever. Yep. So Eric tries to get the guards to attack Ursula, but Ursula threatens back. And so they're kind of split. At this point, you shouldn't be, but that's beside the point. Yeah. And then she also reveals that's when Carlotta got strung up in the basement, like you said. What? You threatened Grimsby, but Carlotta's the one strung up. Anyway, after a very long speech, and no one does anything because... uh, monologue you gotta respect the monologue yeah she decides to do black magic and the spell is basically she needs to sacrifice something with the blood of a god and she's going to fuse the two worlds sea world and land world and create a new magical thing for herself i'm not completely clear on the ideas i think it came from the titans is the reference because it was before the gods and before the gods was the titans but she needs a lot of souls yeah so she's going to use the 
souls of everybody there. It's in progress. It is happening. And Ariel surrenders. Yep. And then Ursula stops. Why? Why? She had no reason to stop. Yeah, Ariel's there, but you're going to take her out in a second anyway. Yep. So Ariel somehow talks her out of it? I don't know. Gives her the Triton, promising herself and Triton as her prisoners. And apparently that's all she ever wanted. Except that's totally not all she ever wanted, but beside the point. Ariel goes to pretend to say goodbye to Flounder, but actually puts her hand in the seawater to throw magic at Ursula. Ursula! Yep. Walk around with a salt water bowl. Come on. Uh, you need a jar of dirt. You need to Jack Sparrow this crap. So Eric fights the two henchmen and semi-successfully gets one, but he gets choked out by Ursula because he's useless. Yeah. Ariel grabs her father, on the other hand, and at this point, classic Liz. <laughs> Flotsam tries to get Eric, but something happens where Eric moves, and so instead Instead, Flotsam ends up stabbing Ursula. Yep. So once again, the hero doesn't kill him, but the villain ends up dead. Yep, because your hero can't be stained with murder. No blood on these hands. Literally. Except for all the fish. Yeah. Whatever. Ariel ends up saving Eric because he's underwater in the fountain because she fell into the fountain when she got murdered and apparently she still got really good grasp. I think he was under her or something. Anyway, how deep is the fountain? I was about to say, is this like a well? And if it is a well, how big is this well? That's obscene. It made it seem like it pumps salt water into it. It's just not this reservoir. I don't know. It's apparently a very deep well because Ursula is ginormous. She's about the size of Triton. Yeah. But she is fully immersed in drowning Eric. And so Ariel saves him and everything is right in the world. And Ariel brings Triton back. But as a human? That was weird. I had questions. Does he not have clothes now? Yeah, I think that's a very valid question. Is this man naked right now? Because I don't know. Because that's what happened to Ariel when she was turned human. Yup. Something that she didn't think about it, but the rest of us are. I have questions. Anyway, so she introduces them to all the main characters and gives back Triton the thingy. And they head for the ocean and... Eric sends Jonah to stop the ships from bombing Atlantica. Were you still mad at Jonah at this point? Was she still on your radar? No, no, I knew. Once she and Scuttle started fighting, I'm like, ah, okay, he's fine. Okay, get this though. They tie Floatsam and Jetsam as eels together and throw them into the ocean. And they're like, either they're gonna die of starvation or something's gonna eat them. Yeah, that was a little rough. Well, so much for keeping your hands clean. Then he's having to undo everything Vanessa did and tell everybody about Vanessa dying and he kind of covers up that she was a sea witch. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, there was very specific things where he tells some people that she died and who she was, but then everyone else is like, I have to draft a carefully worded note to make sure that people know that she's dead and gone. And I'm like, what the mess? I don't know. And again, the magic of it, these people should remember that now. Yeah. Right? In theory, the person who casts the magic dies and their magic is lifted. The whole city knows. In theory. Everyone watched it happen. Yeah. Why are we being like, oh, I'm going to cover up the fact that she was a sea witch and suffer the fact the entire city knows and the word's going to get out. Yeah. Anyway, Vareen, the little servant, gets a tutor and Eric's like, oh, when you get old enough, you can either be my assistant or go to university. And I'm 
like, so are you gonna do anything about that backwards patriarchy? Because either she becomes an old maid or she loses literally everything in marriage. Yep. Like she has no benefits of getting married. Yep. Congruency, my girl. That was gross. So they celebrate for like three days that Triton returned and Triton's like, do you want to stay here and be my right hand? And mentioned Atenia actually becomes that. She's like, actually, I want to explore the ocean, but maybe one week a month, spend it with Eric. And I was like, oh, that's a twist. I actually kind of like that. And he didn't learn anything. No. He says, absolutely not. And she gives him a look. He's like, you really want to do this again? She basically threatens him like, you remember what happened last time you said that, right? No, I'm doing this. Get over it. Yeah. So uh, Tina's like, okay, so hear me out, Deb. Why don't you just make her a envoy between the Myrrh and Eric's humans? That way she's doing that. And then an envoy when she goes off and explores and tries to find these other people. So for her first job is to go see Eric. And Eric is kind of totally for just becoming a Myrrh. Yeah, he was like, so what's happening? He's mentioned that several times. My older sister can just take over. She would love to. Which, once again, patriarchy? I have questions. Yeah, doesn't make sense. So he's like, yeah, this is totally works. I'll just become a mer. Which, honestly, I feel like matches his personality better. Well, in this book, because the movie, he was much more princely. Yeah. And apparently he even got a tattoo of her name and runes, thanks to the tattoo artist and Sebastian. That was kind of weird, but also like a nod. And I'm like, okay, fine. I could deal with the tattoo it up Eric okay still really random yeah and then she's really happy because she saw two mermaids transform she saw Ariel and Triton yeah that was hilarious I saw two so it kind of ends with Verit being like oh I am now friends with Jonah and I have this really strong connection with Ariel despite barely interacting with her and I don't think she's talked to her once but you know as children are want to do with these random people in their lives and then Ariel leaves her a shell that has a mermaid song in it and so so she can listen to that whenever, which is really nice. Yeah. Speaking of music, I didn't write this down. It's decided that Ariel loves to sing, but not for other people and not for a stage fright reason. That was a choice. Yeah, that's fair. But she's like, yeah, I'll totally sing a song when my father gets back. And that's what they do. And they have a feast and all the greatness and blah, 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 blah. That's it. Yeah. General thoughts. So it's interesting. We had Liz naming the chapters instead of giving them the numbers. And then Elizabeth Lim numbered them and then we came back to no chapter numbers but instead it was the viewpoint yeah the perspective shifts so it'd be like ariel ursula ariel eric sebastian ariel there were sometimes ariel was back to back for three chapters yeah because that got really confusing in the audiobook especially there at the end because it was what amounted to what i imagine every two pages they were switching perspectives and i'm like are these really new chapters every time this is happening and i saw like it was switching i mean i want to say this one because that's how it works. Let me look. I think it literally has 65 chapters. It was a lot. Yeah, chapter 65. But every once in a while, a 30 minute long chapter. Yeah. And then back to like five minutes. So I don't know why sometimes they didn't just combine chapters. Yeah. If they were going to have the same person do it over and over. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, is she had no idea what to do with three main characters. Nope. She had absolutely no idea what to do with Eric. And so she just kept making him do nothing or do the same thing over and over again with no results. Yep. Like the fact that we did the visit of the tide literally four different times. Oh my gosh. It was just such repeats. It's like I get Ariel having a viewpoint and I could get Eric having one, even though I don't think she does it well. Ursula? 
why does she have a viewpoint? I don't think it added. I think it actually took away a lot of stuff. Yeah, you could have had a lot more mystery and action adventure stuff and not just whatever the heck that was. <laughs> also, like I said, she very obviously studied up on her oceanography and she was going to tell you everything. Very proud of it. And not in the fun way. Like, I didn't mention this in the first book, but in the first book, you can tell she was Egyptologist. She threw really fun stuff. And then she also had Aladdin's character from Arabian Nights and his friends were two other characters and other stories in Arabian Nights. And so it's like, oh, subtle nods. If you know, you know. That's cute. I like that. But this one was not subtle. No. It was just info dumps about oceanography and lectures, which are great to interweave with the important thing. But like I said, sometimes she does it to such an extreme. I don't know how people could relate. Yeah, like unless you have also done this degree in oceanography, because she doesn't do it to educate us necessarily. She said it feels more like a flex. Yeah. Because example, overfishing. Absolutely. There are problems with overfishing in the world. But because of the way she does it, no one's overfishing because they're looking for one fish. Yeah, exactly. How is that relatable? Yeah. It doesn't play with any of the nuances of why overfishing happens and supply and demand and the problems of not diversifying the fish we have available and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like you literally just killed and released fish instead of okay, I'm going to put in all this effort to fishing and I'm not going to keep what I find even if it's not the right fish. Yeah, they're just putting it on the beach. That alone, just tossing it back. There's just could have been a talk about responsibility. Here's how to eat seafood responsibly. Here are invasive species that we need help with. Here's ones doing harm to the environment. And so it's like, ask for these instead of tuna and salmon. (laughs) There could have been some conversations and it could have been really good. But like I said, it was a flex. And then all of the problems were so out there that I don't know if people could relate without being that snobby vegan because that's where I feel like Ursula was going with that one rant. Yeah. And again, it didn't make any sense. It was so out of context. Especially when three chapters later, two chapters later, she was like, I love that about humans. Why were you mad? Just tell him you're a carnivore and he's an idiot. I can't tell if at this point I'm just numb to it or I think it was somewhat better than her other stuff. But there were some funny spots, you know, some scenes that made me laugh. Some things that were like, oh, okay, like what we talked about, like Eric had that one, okay, nice job, my man. You did it. You did the thing. But yeah, it was weird, especially listening to it too. It was just, I like the person who does the reading. She does a pretty decent job and she did a great job with Mulan. And I think that's the proof is that I could tell I liked her better just reading in Mulan because she was reading something that was better. Fair. Alas. Yep. But yeah, this is, as you said in the very beginning, this is a lost cause. I just might hate Liz Braswell's writing. Yeah. We're at that point. Yeah, and I've never read anything else by her because I know you said she wrote that Chloe trilogy or series or whatever that used to be on TV. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. It could just be like you said that getting into a contract with something like this and having to turn out this much material without having a lot of time to think about it, without having a lot of time to do edits and plot reviews and all this kind of stuff because they're really were like you said, just the consistency of the patriarchy, just the consistency of the magic that alone, those are things that you can fix and post edits and work on. Or the really obviously parenthesis sentence, oh, by the way, this necklace exists. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a writer, so I can't really actually speak to how hard it is, but... Oh, it's hard. It absolutely is hard. I believe that 100%. And the problem with me not knowing any of her personal writing, I don't realize how much of this is I am crunched for time and how much this is her personal writing style. Because she does really like dramatic irony. She loves going dark randomly. She loves 
loves vocabulary and she loves spewing you with whatever the heck she's been researching. Yeah. Those are absolutely characteristics. And I don't know if, like you said, they're just glaringly obvious because she didn't have the time or if that's just who she is as a writer. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to torture myself and read her other books. Yeah, because her next book, isn't it? Straight on till morning, Peter Pan. Oh, no. I like Wendy. The next two are Jen Kalanita. Yeah, we got a new author. Yeah. For Mirror, Mirror, and Snow White and Frozen. Conceal, don't feel. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go, but yeah, she got back to back. And then we get our girl back, Elizabeth Lim, who we've already thumbs up. Yep, Liz Braswell, straight on till morning. Well, darn it. Yeah, to be fair, there are only, in what we have left to read, she has one, two, I think only three left out of the like six or seven that we have left to do yeah she has straight on till morning then what once was mine and then she's part of the twisted tale anthology and unbirthday alice in wonderland's unbirthday <gasps> they took it off the twisted tale disney book site what the anthology no the unbirthday it's not on here i'm on the wiki yeah but i'm at books.disney.com they do not have unbirthday just like they don't have aladdin oh yeah unbirthday is in between so this is love and go the distance so it came out at the end of september 2020 yeah they've taken it off disney interesting why do they keep doing that why is it always okay i'm not gonna be terribly surprised that it's always liz but why is it always liz's books (laughs) we know why that's what we're saying i don't understand why they took away aladdin it was fine are they planning to redo it i just don't understand why they're taking them off wait what was the website you said is that the official one yeah this is something we're gonna have to explore later but yeah that's why i didn't realize we had a third one by liz now i'm sad that she's doing I'm just sad whenever she's doing something. Yeah. Take Pinocchio. Put Elizabeth Lim on one of those. We'll see how it goes. But one question for the author. I want to know when Disney put their foot down about the darkness. Was it after she did her first draft? Because I feel like there's a lot of times where she could have and then she pulls back. Or drops the rope. Yeah, it almost feels like she put something in there and then she edited it down to like one dark sentence, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, and then didn't remember all the foreshadowing before that was going to happen. Yeah. Or like I said, there are totally times where she's like, oh, I'm going to do this evil thing, drops the rope. Oh, I'm going to stop you and I'm going to trick you and think that your dad's being shipped somewhere. Anyway, bye. Yeah, exactly. Because if Disney was like, hey, don't do too dark in the beginning and that was her first draft, yikes. I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt that she did have darker stuff and Disney was like, no, take this out. Yeah, because her first couple really were dark and you can go to some dark places with Ariel. I mean, especially the original fairy tale. Yeah, and I stand by Aladdin being a four star and I stand by her second one being a four star and you can go to some really dark places with both of them and she does. There were several times we were like, geez. Yeah, like, come on. But then you got Beauty and the Beast and it was like, "Eh." "Mm, is this YA? Is this Disney? Yeah. Who approved this? (laughs) So yeah, that's my question. I want to know when because i want to know how much of a benefit of the doubt she should have yeah that's fair i guess my question would be then does she have tattoos because it was so random to throw a tattoo artist in there like that was the most random thing to have this random little apple seller who's actually a tattoo artist just for it to be like hey i got a tattoo yeah i got a tattoo of your name mainly because he didn't need arnett for that he could have just been like yeah sebastian showed me the runes and then i got a tattoo artist to do it yeah i want to know if liz has 
a tattoo. Rating. I put getting inked out of 10. Not getting a tattoo, getting inked specifically. It hurts. It's red. It's itchy. You can't touch it. It's sore. And then what was it for? Yeah. Because you don't get the tattoo at the end. Yeah. I'm going to say getting bad seafood out of 10. Because <laughs> I love seafood. I love raw fish. Love it. It has become some of my favorite. But bad seafood is just bad seafood. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. It just sits there in your gut for a while and you hope it goes away and you don't die. Yeah. And then you can't eat it again for a while. And then you cannot. So I'm glad we have a two book break from her. Would you read it again? No. But I might check out the graphic novel if it's free. Yeah, I think that's fair. Just to see how much they change. Well, and just to get the visual of some of this, I would be interested to see the graphic novel. David in the series so far. Still Mulan. Pretty hardcore Mulan. Yep. We're about to see what this new author brings, so hopefully that will be fun and nice. I am excited because she's my girl. Snow White's my girl. So I'm nervous. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thank you for exploring part of your world with us. I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Caitlin. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time. Escape With Me Book Club is a Lunar Skulk production. Check us out on TikTok or Instagram to keep up to date with us. Lunar underscore SKULK.